Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Listening to Scott Wetzel will give you a bad taste in your mouth. You call these bagels? It's Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Welcome to hour number two of Bagels and Bad Beats on this Monday, June 29th morning with yours truly, Scott Wetzel, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. The toll-free telephone number, 844-843-6879. You want to follow me on Twitter, send a tweet. It is at Opposite Picks. And you want to email me, go to the website, OppositePicks.com, hit the contact Scott icon, and fire away. First hour, we did a little golf as uh, Bryson DeChambeau came close again, but failed to win, which is a beautiful thing because uh, ultimately I am calling for a steroid test. No accusations, mind you, just skepticism on how a guy can put on 40 pounds of muscle. And until I hear otherwise, I, I need a roid test before I start throwing accolades toward this guy who, again, failed to win. Dustin Johnson did win. Finished up at 19 under par, which is just crazy. The numbers that they posted this weekend, this course was like pitch and putt. It's an absolute joke. Yet 40 players finishing under par after Friday failing to make the cut. I mean, that is just unheard of. You cannot have guys finishing under par and missing the cut. It's an absolute joke. So is the NBA, which is just cakewalking the New Orleans Pelicans into the postseason. Their eight games include just two games against teams with winning records. Meanwhile, the teams they're battling for that final playoff spot in the West, Memphis, Portland, Sacramento, San Antonio, Kings have three, Spurs and uh, Memphis Grizz have five, and Portland has a whopping six teams that have winning records, where again, New Orleans has two, two lousy teams, an absolute joke. We have some good news and some bad news to give you when we get back from the upcoming break. The good news is I have one, two, three, I have four teams that I have pegged as absolute go against every single game. And that's really how you should play. If you want to play with FanDuel, Boys in Vegas, I wouldn't be picking games. I would be picking teams and bet against or on them religiously for all eight remaining regular season games. I have the four bet against teams to go with. I'll let you know that when we come back from the break. And then the bad news, I tell you, this is bad news. This is going to create, just like our moniker says, a lot of bad beats. And it's one thing to have a bad beat. That's part of gambling. It's another thing to be misinformed. There's going to be a lot of pissed-off gamblers if this actually comes through to fruition. I'll tell you what that is coming up next. That beats on a Monday morning. God bless you. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Try my disgusting bagel. Now, back to bagels and bad beats with Scott Wetzel.
Kegels and Bad Beats on a Monday morning with yours truly, Scott Wetzel, sitting in as we always do, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. 844-843-6879, 844-843-6879, the toll-free telephone number. And uh, just as our moniker says, there will be some bad beats for this and uh, for this college football season. I'll get to that story, and then I'll let you know who we should be betting against in the NBA once it resumes, if it resumes. Let's cross our fingers uh, come July 30th. But the first up, let's uh, squeeze in a couple of phone calls. We'll start with our good buddy, Trucker Tim in Minnesota. What's up, Tim? Welcome to Bagels and Bad Beats on this Monday morning. Good morning, Scott. How you doing? Eh, not too bad. How's your weekend? Um, well, not too bad. Not too bad. We got out here to Las Vegas early this morning and stopped at the truck stop to fuel, and it's mandatory masks. Uh, yeah, that's so, how it is here in New yeah. York, too. It's been now, that way for a while. So, Well, it, it, last week was fine. You could do whatever you wanted. Now yeah. it's mandatory. You can't even go in the building now without a mask. So it's uh, it's going the other way. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, it, it's so, been that way for um, a while here in New York. So welcome to uh, welcome to our world, I guess. Yeah. Well, I've got a problem this morning. Uh, New England and Cam Newton. I don't get yep. it. Uh, don't know if you touched on it already. You probably did. I'm just late tuning in. But, you know, if Stidham was the quarterback of the future, uh, why sign Cam Newton? If he's not the quarterback of the future – then put them in there anyway and tank. Uh, I, I don't get the whole. I, don't, I mean, I don't. I don't understand it. Uh, I mean, it doesn't make. Yeah, sense especially a one-year deal. You, you know. In? Yeah, you know, and, and yeah, if he's not the quarterback no of the sense. future, also, how come they didn't draft a quarterback? You know, unless they just said, "Listen, we don't like any of these guys." You know, and that may be the case. You know, they may have just you know evaluated these guys on on their tapes and said we don't like any of them. So. But I agree with you, Tim. I, I had mentioned this. I, I really thought the Patriots were going to tank, or at least after the first four or five games, you know, throw Stidham in there and go one and four and realize, okay, at the end of the rainbow, you know, there is Trevor Lawrence and, you know, suck it up for one lousy year. Who cares? You've been going to Super Bowls after Super Bowls after Super Bowls. I don't think there'd be a Patriot fan in the world that would actually complain knowing, you know, what could occur uh, at the end of the season. So I, I don't get it either. I, I'm not sure what you're going to get out of Cam because, well, let's play best case scenario. And he plays great, wins the starting job. And what goes 10 and six, you know, even 11 and five, are you going to win a Super Bowl with Cam Newton? I doubt it. I think that team stinks. I, I think they would be a struggle with, with Tom Brady to tell you the truth. But what does that leave me after th this upcoming season? You're going to resign him? You know, he's going to want a monster deal after that. Are you going to commit to him? Maybe, you know, then the other side of the coin is he plays lousy. Uh, then what was the point? Because then you didn't really find out about Jared Stidham. Or, you know, maybe they split time. I, I don't know. It, it is does seem a little strange. They're, they're paying him basically as a backup. They didn't throw, you know, $15, $20 million at him. So they got him for a good price. But ultimately... You know, it's not about the money. It's about wins and losses. And, uh, you know, it, it's kind of weird. It, it's, uh, you know, Tennessee was in the same, same boat last year with uh, with Tannehill, you know, and you bring him in for one year. And if he stinks out to join, what did you accomplish? If he does great, now what? And, and, you know, they had to give the guy $25 million. And I, I like uh, Tannehill, but I, I didn't think it was worth $25, 30000000 million like they gave him. So, um, yeah, it doesn't make sense to me on paper either, Tim. Well, Tannehill is quite a bit younger than Cam Newton, too, isn't he? So I, mean, uh, I, I wouldn't say quite you, a bit, but, but he he is younger, but not not that. I I would think he's like twenty eight, you know, and Cam's only thirty one. 
So I'll double check here as we speak. Well, I, don't but he... it... I don't know what he's got left in the tank. You know, I, I mean, he was out all last year because of the injury, and right. he didn't want to come back and play. I don't know what he's got left. You know, and, and ten hills and seven. Too. I mean, no offense. Oh, oh, I didn't realize he was that old. Yeah, yeah, he actually is. I didn't no, think I he was that. I thought he was like nine and six. Say that again. Nine and seven gets us nowhere. Right. Nine and seven gets us nowhere. Either tank or, you know, I mean, that's going to give you a lousy draft pick next year. I well, mean, even I, even I, ten I and six. Tim. Even ten and six doesn't get you anywhere. You know, I mean, is this team going to beat the Kansas City Chefs? You know, are they even going to beat the Ravens? I don't think so. You know, they might be the third best team, but I don't even listen with Tom Brady. They couldn't beat Tennessee last year. So what makes them think they're going to be Tennessee this year with, with Cam? So, you know, you, maybe in that division, you could make the playoffs. But like you said, what does that do? You know, unless you're ready to commit to Cam after this upcoming season, you know, 32 years old, he proves himself to be a viable quarterback again. There's going to be some team I would think that would give him a, a decent sized contract, you know. Maybe that's maybe the, there you go. Maybe maybe the Patriots fall in love with this guy and and he's your answer. But um, it's a risk I wouldn't take. I, I honestly, if, if you're a Patriot fan, I would just say tank or let Stidham prove that he's any good, and and go from there. The only thing I can think is that maybe there's too many veterans on the team and he doesn't want to take a chance in losing the entire team. Um. You know, if they tank, you know, you might want to do it with younger guys instead of veterans. That's the only thing I can think of. I don't know that I'm confused by the whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> uh, good, good call, Tim. It. As always, buddy, appreciate it. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, maybe maybe that's it. Maybe the team realizes Stidham sucks. I mean, but all we've been hearing is how good he is and how much improvement he showed last year, sitting the bench and this, that, what have you. Um. It's, it's, you know, now they got five quarterbacks. Listen, they probably could get rid of any of the four, to tell you the truth, out, maybe outside of Stidham, if you believe in him. But it's, you know, you're living in purgatory when you had, no matter who it is, whether it's Cam, like I said, whether it was the Titans last year, you know, at 31 years old, they had to pony up because Tannehill played great for half a season, really. And, you know, what they rode uh, Travis, uh, they rode uh, Henry, Derrick Henry into the, uh, you know, AFC championship game. And uh, Tannehill was the benefactor of that. It's funny because, you know, Henry is going to get screwed at the end of this upcoming season, probably without no monster contract. And there's Tannehill making $30 million a year because he was able to hand the ball off. I mean, that's not a bad gig to tell you the truth, but that's what happened with Tennessee. You know, they had to get, they had a halfway decent year and they rolled the dice with Tannehill. It worked out well last year. And now you had to commit to the guy. So and maybe listen, he is 31, 32. He's not, Age-wise, you know, over the hill, he is broken down. But if he shows this year he's still capable of being, you know, the MVP as he was in 2015, then they got themselves a steal. But you have to resign the guy. Um, I, I just thought it was all set up for them to tank. I, I really did. I, I thought it would throw Stidham in there. You tell the world he's good. Maybe in the back of the mind, you, you know, he stinks. Um, Kansas City is a beast. You know, they're, they're not beating the chefs. They're They're just not, you know. The Kansas City has at least one, if not two more years with, um, you know, uh, Pat Mahomes not making a whole lot of money so they can keep their supporting cast, if you will. So they're set to make another strong run. So why not just say, yeah, what the fudge with 2020? It's going to be a screwed up year anyway with this virus. Chances are there might not even be a season. 
So we go three and thirteen, four and twelve, and you know maybe they don't have the worst record in the NFL. It's not easy having the worst record in the NFL. It really isn't. You know, ask the Dolphins that. Ask my beloved Dolphins that last year how they screwed up and won five games down the stretch. You know, so it's difficult to have the worst record in the NFL. But when you look at some of these teams this year, you know, uh, you know, if, if you believe in Teddy Bridgewater and Matt Rule, then maybe Carolina wins five, six games. If you believe in Joe Burrow, as I do. You know, maybe Cincinnati, the Bungles win five, six games. You know, the, the Chargers might be one, but there's a lot of talent on that Charger team. If they get any quarterback play, you know, they should be able to win five, six games. There are not many teams that you can kind of point to that say, well, they're going to bottom out. They're, they're going to be a two or three win team. You know, is Washington going to bottom out again? I don't think so. You know, I, I, I believe in, in Haskins. I think he's going to be a good quarterback. So, you know, maybe the Patriots with three or four wins could be the worst team in the NFL next year. Kind of doubt it, but, you know, I don't think there's going to be a god-awful team like, you know, Carolina was last year and uh, the Bungles were and the Dolphins for the most part were. I don't, I don't think you're going to get those teams this year. So the, the opportunity was there for them. So very strange. And again, the timing of it all, why now versus, you know, why not, you know, uh, earlier in this offseason when they could have gotten this thing done and maybe had him in camp or at least, you know, been able to give him the playbook and have him look over plays. But that might be more Cam's thing than versus the Patriots thing. All right, 844-843-6879. Phone calls when we come back and then NBA play-ons and play-against and bad news for betters in college football. Coming up next, I think, with bad news sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com try my disgusting bagel now back to bagels and bad beats with scott wetzel the bad beats on this monday morning with yours truly scott wetzel taking you right up until 7 a.m eastern time 844-843-6879 the toll free telephone number send a tweet at office of picks email me go to the website officeofpicks.com hit the contact scott icon and fire away all right we talked a lot about uh, cam newton uh, we mentioned the nba this past weekend uh, gave out the schedule for the remaining eight games of the regular season before they head to the postseason Talked about how they paved the way for New Orleans to make the playoffs. It's an absolute joke. They only have two games against teams with winning records, two. Meanwhile, Portland has six. Spurs and Memphis have five. Even Sacramento, which has nobody playing the role out with the virus, even has three. So if the New Orleans Pelicans don't make the playoffs, then you know what? Something is not right. Uh, and they'll be part of our play on segment tomorrow. But there are some play against teams. And again, as I mentioned earlier, don't try and pick individual games. You know, that's stupid. That that That's just throwing darts. It really is. If you think you could pick an individual game to figure out whether one team is going to be up for that game or it's not, you know, unless the team is officially eliminated like the Washington Wizards could be, there's a couple of teams that are on the cusp of being eliminated, but they're included in this little, you know, uh, resumption of the season. Otherwise, just pick the eight games. Everyone's playing eight games. And just hope, cross your fingers, you go at least five and three. Now, heading into the schedule, the Nets uh, announced that forward Wilson Chandler has opted out of playing in Orlando. 
citing he needs to spend more time with his family, including his grandmother and three kids, as the primary reason as to why he's sitting out. Um, so they're going to sign some stiff Justin Anderson, who's been on their roster before, uh, appeared in three games in a 10-day contract back in January. I mean, you're going to spend time with your grandmother? Really, Wilson? I mean, no offense to his grandmother, who apparently, you know, was his mother in his life. I get that. But, you know, you're an NBA player. Your team is set to make the postseason. Uh, you have a chance with all the craziness going on that who knows what could happen, especially in the Eastern Conference, which is not great. And he's going to spend time with his grandmother and kids. Well, it must be nice to be rich. It really must be nice to be rich and just do whatever the fudge you want. So, you know, with that news on top of Kyrie. And Durant already talking about how, you know, they don't play, you know, and obviously neither one could because of their injuries. But the bottom line is you got Kyrie Irving, you know, talking about how the NBA shouldn't be playing. You got Kevin Durant telling the world last week that even if he was healthy, which he actually is, oh, by the way, he wouldn't play because of the virus. This team is a mess. Now you got a third person that says he just as soon be with his grandmother that he would try and win games for a club that's paying them a million dollars plus a year. This team is an absolute mess. They have an interim head coach, by the way, which you don't hear about. You, know, you hear about the Knicks interim situation, but the Nets with Jack Vaughn uh, has an interim label on him as well. So you have an interim head coach. You got two guys who aren't supposed to play anyway, saying they wouldn't be playing, uh, including one that says nobody should be playing. And now you got a third guy who's telling the world he'd just as soon be with his grandmother that he would you know, try to win games. This is a mess, just an absolute mess. I would be betting against the Brooklyn Nets every single game. 76ers are on the bet against list as well. Why? They are a peculiar team. Um, lest we forget, they were 29-2 and two at home this year. Pretty good. However, they were 10 and 24 on the road. Now, what do you do with them? You know, there's no fans in the stands. So it's not a traditional road game. It certainly isn't a home game. So you could throw out the 29 and two. It's it's not a traditional road game because there aren't fans in the stands. So they're not going against the other team's fans and they're not traveling. So how do you decide which 76ers team are you getting? The one that was 29 and two or the one that went 10 and 24 on the road? You know, did the home crowd, the question really is, did the home crowd help the 76ers to the point where they went 29 and two or did the road crowd hurt the 76ers so much that they only could win 10 of 34 games? They are a, a tough little predicament if you're a gambler. They really are. I would say bet against them. I'm going to put them on the, the bet against list. Uh, they are fighting for something. They're a couple games behind Miami for the number four seed, which obviously would be home court advantage, but there is no home court advantage uh, again. So are, are they? Maybe they aren't fighting for anything now that I think about it. But see, not necessarily seedings, but who do you match up against? You know, if you finish in that number four slot, you're getting either, you know, Miami or Indiana. Right now, they're in the sixth slot and they're looking at Boston. Or if they fall even further down, which they really can't because the Nets are at 30 wins. So Philadelphia can only go up, but you know, how much can they really go up? Is that an incentive for them to um you know avoid a possible Boston first round matchup versus Indiana or or Miami? Um 
you know, maybe they would want to go against the, you know, Boston anyway, because maybe Miami would sneak some fans into the facilities down in Orlando. You got to believe, you know, the Miami Heat would have more fans there than the Celtics, right? So, you know, maybe somehow or another fans eventually get into these arenas for the postseason. So I would be going against Philadelphia. Uh, that 10-24 that record, not a whole heck of a lot on the line. I bet against the Nets, bet against the 76ers. Bet against the Jailblazers as well. You know, Damon Stoudemire, Carmelo Anthony, they are both playing, but they both questioned over the last month plus if they wanted to play. They didn't think playing was right. It's a bad sign for the two leaders of this team, especially Stoudemire, obviously, to think that all of a sudden they're going to turn it on. They were eight games under 500 when they were playing. You have six teams over 500 all eight games uh, against playoff teams. I mean, you, you put a fork in them. So their remaining schedule is difficult. Right now, their eight games all against teams that would be in the postseason. Six of those teams have over 500 records. That is a brutal. Again, go back to New Orleans. You know, we brought it up before. You know, New Orleans has a cupcake schedule, uh, and Portland is is playing a monster schedule. So I would be going against Portland once they're you – know, they won't be officially eliminated, but once they start losing it, they lose their first game or two, then that just confirms the notion that I don't think this team really wants to be there. And then the last team I'd go against is Sacramento. Yeah, you know what? The Queens, the whole team is sick. I, I mean, the whole team is sick, including Buddy Heald. I don't know if they want to be there or not. But with Heald out and and two other guys out with the virus, it's probably only a matter of time before someone else comes down with the virus. This and and it's Sacramento, and and then you know that, that's the final kicker to it all. It's Sacramento. You know, if it was the Lakers or the Celtics uh, or the Clippers or the Rockets, you know, maybe just maybe I throw them a bone and say, okay, why not? But eh, it, it's Sacramento on top of it all. So here's here are the four teams I'm going against every game. Nets, 76ers, Portland, Sacramento. I guarantee you, well, I won't guarantee you, but I, I'm willing to say that if you play against them all 32 of their games, unless they play games against each other, you'll come out with a winning record. I, I bet you will. I, I really do. So those are the bet against teams. Tomorrow, we'll do the bet on teams. And I'll tell you right now, one of them will be Sac- or will be New Orleans. Here's an interesting situation, speaking of betting, that uh, you know really better get resolved. Otherwise, we're all in a lot of trouble. Somebody, I don't know who, it didn't say in the article I was reading, but someone did a poll of 66 college football teams, FBS teams, so real Division I-A teams. Half of the 66 teams they polled said they would not, K-N-O-T, disclose how many of their players tested positive for coronavirus. Now you have some coaches like TCU's Gary Patterson that claims, and I emphasize claims, they will not play a team unless they know who's sick and who's playing or not. Saying we're not going to play opponents if they don't tell us about the COVID-19 positives. We're not putting anybody, meaning their kids, in jeopardy on our sideline or anybody else. You got another North Carolina AD or athletic official, whatever that means, saying we are not telling anyone or anybody uh, or how many, for that matter, North Carolina football players test positive. We would simply say that they are out right before the game starts. Think about that. 
think about having a couple of shekels on, uh, you know, North Carolina, and you find out, you know, an hour before game time, their starting quarterback is out with the coronavirus, or their best wide receiver is out with the coronavirus, or their best running back, uh, or best defensive player. You know, there are four or five guys that could really, and, and those are the ones. You know, quarterback certainly is number one. I would say wide receiver, believe it or not, would probably be number two. Um, number three would be the defensive guy. Number four would be running back just because, yeah, you know, running backs are a dime a dozen. Some guys obviously are, are a lot better than others, but generally uh, you have a number of running backs. But, you know, one of those four guys is out. You're sitting there holding on to a North Carolina laying seven and a half ticket, and now all of a sudden you find out the second-string quarterback has to play because the starter has coronavirus. They're going to have to come up with something because I'm telling you what, uh, forget about, you know, the coaches, you know, they get their own issues, but I'm worried about the gamblers. I'm worried about the guys who have their money, you know, on North Carolina. And then again, we find out an hour before game time. Oh, by the way, the quarterback is out. Well, then you could say, well, you just bet the other way that and get out of your bed. <laughs> no, 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 no. You know, that, that seven and a half line is not staying seven and a half. You're laying seven and a half on North Carolina, and then the Tar Heels announced their starting quarterback is out. You're not going to be able to bet on the opposing team getting seven and a half. No, no, no. That line is going to drop down to three, you know, maybe four. Now, all of a sudden, you want to hedge and go the other way. Well, you're only getting the underdog now plus four, and you know our luck. You know, North Carolina will win by seven, and you'll lose both bets. So they're going to have to come up with some system. College football, much like the NFL, same thing. At least you got the injury report, but they're going to have to set a time, whether it's Saturday morning, whether it's Friday night for college football, whether it's 48 hours before a game, they're going to have to figure out a time where they have to tell the world who's playing and who's not playing. Otherwise, disaster rules. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Bagel. Now, back to Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. on this Monday morning with yours truly, Scott Wetzel, 844-843-6879. As uh, pointed out uh, correctly on uh, YouTube, I'm saying Damon Stoudemire. I'm an old school guy. Damian Lillard for Portland. Uh, same team, same position, same first name, just a uh, different last name. But yeah, the old school with Stoudemire. But Damian Lillard of Portland and uh, Carmelo uh, saying that they don't want to play. So that's why I'd be going against uh, Portland absolutely every single time out. Uh, a couple of quick emails here. Uh, first up, David uh, writes, an interesting move on Cam going to the Patriots, Scott. Patriots are desperate. I think Newton's past uh, his prime. McDaniel's offense doesn't really allow for guys to uh, color outside the lines. I think his health is still a question. And who do they have for weapons? I think all this did was make them a mediocre team, and Belichick is bent on proving he can win without Tom Brady. Perhaps. Uh, perhaps, David. I, I don't get it either. And you're right. I said it. I, I don't think they would be any good with Tom Brady. I, I really don't. I, I, I think they're they're a six 
you know, with Brady, I, you know, I'd have to see them go six and ten. But I, I don't think they're anything more than a 500 football team. I, I, and and with Brady and without him, you know, maybe a four win. You know, the division is so mediocre that they're bound to win a couple of these games. But the schedule is especially tough this year. Have to be especially easy last year. Uh, I don't get it. I, I I really don't. But uh, you know what? I'd love to see them fail. And as much as I'm a little leery on this, uh, you know, ultimately it's it's you know a 31 year old broken down Cam Newton. But uh, keep your fingers crossed, anti Patriot people. How about the, you know back to uh, real quickly the NBA? Um, three Sacramento Kings: Buddy Heald, Alex Len, and Jabari Parker have come down with the coronavirus. As I was saying. And then they found apparently Parker outside playing tennis at a park in Chicago without a mask on. This team does not. This team doesn't want to play during a regular NBA season, let alone a coronavirus interrupted NBA season. I'm, anybody that puts American money on Sacramento, knowing that these three guys probably are a good representation of that team, you're, you're just pissing away money. Go against the Kings, especially early on before the lines dramatically change, because that team does not want to be there. Charles in West Virginia wants to be here, though, on Bagels and Bad Beats on a Monday morning. What's up, Charles? How are you, my friend? <laughs> How about that for a hey, second? Hey, good morning, huh? Scotty. Good... <laughs> that was pretty good. Hey, I just had a question about this. Uh, some of the players, you know, NFL and uh, NBA tested positive with the coronavirus, you know how they do the injury report before the game. Is that going to be something on the new injury report? It did not play because of coronavirus? Because with the HIPAA law, you know, you can't really say things like that. I wonder if that's going to be something that some of these players say, no, I don't want to be – I don't want you to say that I have that, just say I have an illness. Yeah, I mean, listen, with the uh, with the NFL anyway, they already do, Charles. So I don't know if HIPAA would come into play here. But, you know, if it's an ankle injury, it's an ankle injury. The NHL does not. You know, the, he could be sitting out with a concussion, and they could say it's, a, you know, a broken finger. But the NFL is, is pretty detailed. Um, so I, I'm assuming they would. The question I would have is, you know, are they really going to make these guys sit out 14 days? I, I can't believe that they're going to make these players miss two games in essence. So that that's especially the NBA, right? I mean, 14 game, 14 days, you know, that that's an entire series plus when it comes postseason time. So, but they're going to have to tell the world. I mean, you know, the college football stuff, they're not saying they won't tell eventually, but ultimately they're going to have to. But there's going to have to be some system. Like I said, whether it's 24 hours, 48 hours, um, you know, we were, I'm looking to go on vacation. I, I won't say where, but I called up this campsite that we go to every once in a while. And, and I said, you know, we're from New York. And, you know, what are, the, what are the procedures? And they said, well, to be allowed into the camp area, you got to have a, a COVID-19 test uh, three days or earlier, you know, within your visit. So if I'm, you know, visiting the 10th, I have to have a test that says I'm COVID-free that either on the 8th, 9th, or the 10th. So, you know, so that's three days. I don't know, would the NFL in these sports say three days is, is enough? Are they going to use two days? Does it have to be the day of the game that they have to prove that they're COVID-19 free? I, I don't know. That all, you know, it, D, D, uh, D. Smith had kind of mentioned or alluded to stuff like this, you know, when he was ripping Tom Brady and company for practicing, saying there's a lot of things that have to be ironed out with the owners uh, on how this is all going to be handled. So. Um, hopefully they come to some agreement, but it'll be interesting how they, they work that out. And, and well, like Dr. George was saying, he I, I think he said, you know, on, on the call the other day that he said he'd like to get the coronavirus to get get through it. Because I don't know if they figured out 
if you get it once, can you get it again? If, if it comes down to, to where if you get it once, you can't get it again. I guess a lot of players would probably want to just go ahead and let the asymptomatic players go ahead and play so they can spread it so we just go ahead and wash this way through. Yeah. But I don't know. I got to I, I I, tell I, well, you, real, Charles. Real quick. I, Go ahead, let, let me just say, I, I, I got to say, these doctors are all yeah. quacks. They, they, they don't know anything. You know, some says if you get it once, no. then you're set. You know, the others say, no, that's not the case. I was watching uh, 60 Minutes last night. They did a special on vitamins, um, biogenics specifically. Half the doctors say it's the greatest thing in the world. The other half are saying, no, it means absolutely nothing. It just goes right through your body. I mean, they... These doctors are so freaking clueless. So, you know, good old Dr. George on our podcast, if he wants the coronavirus because he thinks that's going to keep him immune for the rest of his <laughs> life, uh, you know what? I'll take my chances. I don't get it. Thank you very much. That's true. Hey, you you were, you mentioned that you're getting your tank running for you when to get the piranhas. I had yeah. piranhas probably about 25 years ago. When I lived, when I lived in Maryland, they're, they're a fun fish. I could I could even touch mine, you know, when I could, when I could tell they weren't hungry. I could even put my hand in the tank and like kind of push them around. They're pretty. They're, they're a good fish, easy to take care of once you get everything right. Yeah, the thing with you know Charles, as you know, and you know people don't probably appreciate it's a pain in the ass though to clean the tank. And and with piranhas, you know they're eating fish, so you're getting more junk in there than what maybe you would with normal fish. Yeah. So it's a lot of work. It, you know, it's it's more than just throw some water in there and put some fish in there and you're all set. It's you know. And my dopey wife, you know, she got me this tank, and I'm looking around for the filter and everything, right? I'm all pumped this weekend to get this thing all set up, and then I realized, oh, all she bought was the tank. There's no fish, there's no filter, uh, there's no screen, there's no there, there's nothing. It's just glass. So uh, there are a lot of work. Once you get them set up, they're great, but it it is a lot of work. Exactly, Scott. You have a good morning, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. Good talking to you, buddy. You got it, Charles. Appreciate the phone call, bud. 844-843-6879. Yeah, I, I did. I wanted to get this done this week, and I really and I'm gonna get it done. I had piranhas too before. Used to have a tank growing up, and then later on. So I, I've had it before. It's it's a lot of work. It's because the water, you think, okay, you just run some tap water and you throw it in there. Well, you know, I got a 40-gallon tank over here, and uh, my tap water is way to fudge over there. So how am I lugging 40 gallons over? So you gotta do that. And then you think, well, water is water, right? Well, you know, as we found out with my clams last week or two weeks ago, no, you just can't throw any water in there. You got to get it tested. It's got to have the right pH, depending on what type of fish you have. And then you got to keep the tank clean. And, you know, the tank is always dirty. And in the summertime, you have no, you know, you don't have much option. in there. But in the wintertime, you got to put the heaters in there to keep the, the water warm. And then you got to get a big filter. And, you know, it, it, there's a whole lot to it. And then you really, you're supposed to clean it out. You know, at least a portion of it every month. But who's got the aggravation and time to do that? It's just, uh, it's work. And then you, you buy the fish, and then they end up dying after a week. You know, it's like you, you know, I, I'm gonna do it. I prefer gardening to tell you the truth. But it, well, once it's set up, that's one of those things that's better to just pay someone. You know, at, at this point in my life, you know, I'll I'll pay someone to come in. You you do it, and I'll you know, uh, you know, reap the benefits of uh, all the work you do. So. But it's going to get done. I'm telling you, before the end of this week, that fish tank will be up and running. Might not have fish in it. Might not even have a filter for it, to tell you the truth. But I'm going to have water in that tank. I'll tell you that. Yeah, D. Smith told USA Today, by the way, about Tom Brady. Yeah, be careful here, D. Uh, careful not to bite the hand that feeds you here. Uh, best not to be ripping on Tom Brady. Best not to be ripping on veterans 
best not to be ripping on veteran quarterbacks, and it's best probably not to be ripping on veteran quarterbacks named Brady with, uh, you know, 15,000 Super Bowl rings. But he's, you know, a little pissed off. But, you know, what he said makes sense. You know, you shouldn't be having these so-called practices, even though it's not technically against the rules. It's not recommended, but it is not specifically against the rules, unlike with the NBA, because, you know, you guys come down with the virus and, you know, that's going to delay training camp. And, you know, does that affect you as far as your contract is concerned? If you get something before camp versus if you get something in camp, are your benefits going to kick in, not kick in? What does that do to the league? And there's a whole kit caboodle of things that they really do have to worry about, uh, including, you know, as I mentioned, when, when are they going to tell the world about the coronavirus? How long are you going to actually be out? You know, I, I bet you, I'll tell you this. Well, they, they really can't do this, but I, I wonder even if, if if all the players are asymptomatic, will they tell them, okay, you can play, but, um, you know, just be careful versus telling Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers or Cam Newton, you know what, you, you have the virus, you may be asymptomatic, but you can't play. Um, they, they they probably have to, but there are a slew of rules that have to be figured out, and uh, good old D was ripping Tom Brady, not specifically, but, you know, alluding to recent players practicing, it's not a good idea. But again, eh, best not bite the hand that feeds you. See, Johnny Field Goal, as we like to call him, is basically saying he's done playing football, he had mentioned back in February that he doesn't have any desire to play anymore. And then he followed up this weekend telling a, a Texas newspaper, the uh, Lubbock Avalanche Journal, that he's probably done with football for good. They're likely in the past. In the past, he said, probably is the way I'd characterize it. I finally got to a point where I'm trying to achieve happiness in life, not happiness on the football fields. I know a lot of people want me to come back. But uh, I can honestly say I'm happy and I'm doing the right things to try and put a smile on my face every day. And that means more than going out and grinding in on a football field. So, uh, listen, I don't think there's anyone out there that's even willing to give uh, Johnny Fieldgold slash Manziel another shot. I mean, that's probably the biggest thing. I, I can't help but think, you know, I hate to be a skeptic on this thing. And God bless him if he's uh, found happiness in his life. But I, I can't help but think if the, uh, you know, pick a team, uh, New England Patriots came to him and said, listen, you know what? Uh, we want you as our starting quarterback next year, not not Cam Newton and not Jared Stidham. I can't help but think he'd, he'd lay some up again. Maybe I'm wrong. You know, maybe, maybe he's another, uh, you know, quarterback that Andrew Luck that just you know, is done. But I think this is more of an opportunity than it is uh, rather someone that says he's really given up football. But you never know. How about the story from the, the uh, wide receiver? What a mope. What, what an absolute mope. Former Youngstown State, now Arizona Cardinal, free agent signee, wide receiver Jeremiah Braswell, arrested after he drove his car into a lake. Right around 6.30, oh, by the way, Saturday evening. You know, police say his orange Camaro was off an embankment and in the water when they arrived no bystanders were injured. Fortunately, witnesses told officers that the driver was still in the car trying to drive the car as it's in the lake. I mean, you talk about being bombed. He was arrested for DUI. His speech was slurred, according to police. Couldn't explain how the vehicle ended up in the lake. But there he was trying to uh, get out of the lake as, as the police are there saying, what the fudge is going on? What are you, a dope? I mean, man, I tell you what, you have to be bombed beyond bombed. 
at 6.30 again. You know, if it's 2 o'clock in the morning, eh, you know, it's not right, but I, I kind of understand. But it's 6.30, for goodness sakes, and you're so drunk, you don't even realize your car's in a lake? Or if it is, you, you don't even, you're not even smart enough to get out. You think you could actually drive out of the lake? I mean, I don't know how far deep it was in, but holy smokes, you know. Mental midgets, I tell you, yeah, you once a mental midget, always a mental midget. And this guy is clearly a mental midget. Piss away your possible NFL career. Unbelievable. All right, bagels and bad beats on a Monday morning with yours truly, Scott Wetzel. We'll wrap things up with stories we didn't have time to get to. All that's next right here on Bagels and Bad Beats. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Finish up with some stories here. We didn't have time to delve into too much. Mississippi lawmakers voted yesterday to retire the Confederate uh, battle emblem from its state flag. Thank goodness, after being pressured into doing it, and the mayor basically, or the governor basically, you know, poo-pooing the whole thing, saying, "Well, don't blame me." But they finally got it done. Bipartisan support, so good. That is long, long, long overdue. In Kansas, is uh, Kansas State football players are threatening to boycott the season because some dope. A kid tweeted out some nasty stuff mocking the death of George Floyd, which is just moronic. You know, there's no way you could uh, ever defend that. But I will tell you this. It's it's listen, some of these guys are going to have to well, all of them. They're all going to have to learn. You know, uh, we do live in the United States. Uh, we don't live in Russia. We don't live in China. You could say what you want. You know, you, you cannot have the school kick the kid out of school, the one who tweeted the stuff, because the football team is threatening to quit. You know what? You have to realize you may not like the message, what he's saying, but he has that right. It's a bad message to send these football players. Okay, we're going to do whatever you want because you're threatening to quit. If the school can kick this mope out because of some rule they have, terrific, but don't do it because the football players are threatened not to practice and, and play the game. That you know, you're gonna have to learn that not everything is gonna go your way in life. And speaking of which, you talk about bird braids. I mean, this guy just has to be an idiot. An owner of a North Carolina racetrack is now facing death threats uh, and lost employees because this mope decided to on social media um, put a noose and make fun of basically, you know, Bubba Wallace by calling it the Bubba Rope for sale on Facebook's marketplace, which I didn't even realize they had, but I guess they they obviously do. I mean, you got to be just a jackass. You, I mean, you really have to be just a moron to do something like that, you know, and pr- to pretend that it's a joke, and maybe it was, that makes it to me even worse to be that stupid that you'd want to joke about something. It just, you get what you deserve. You really do. Great job in the phone calls, emailers, and tweeters. We'll do it all again tomorrow right here. Big and Bad Beats with yours truly, Scott Webster. Have a great Monday.